Haber Show listeners, it is March, which means it is that time of year again. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. Wake Forest will be back soon enough. In Coach Forbes, we trust. Anyway, DraftKings is giving all customers a free shot at up to $100,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is head to the DraftKings app and make your picks. So go download the DraftKings app, head to their free-to-play pools page, and enter DraftKings' free $100,000 tournament seeding pool. Free-to-play pools are easy as hell to sign up. All you have to do is make your picks for who you think will get a ticket into March's biggest tournament. And if you have the most answers correct, guess what? You win! The bank is open. Shout out to Tim Duncan. Plus, don't forget about golf's fifth major this weekend taking place in Florida, where Amin Hassan is. And also where DraftKings will have even more money up for grabs. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So remember, download the DraftKings app now and use promo code HABERSHOW, that's H-A-B-E-R-S-H-O-W, to get a free shot at a share of $100,000 in total prizes with DraftKings Tournament Seeding Pool. That's promo code HABERSHOW to get a free shot at $100,000 in prizes, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And now it's time for the Haber Show. Let's go. Welcome to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstro, as always. That's Amin Hassan. Uh, hailing from Miami, what looks like to be a residence in. Did I guess that correctly? No, it's, it's an actual residence. I'm at George Sedano's house. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. How is it? It's great, man. It's in. Oh, I should say what's that. It's it's on a very nice, centrally located uh, part of town. So everything is very accessible, and, and it's awesome. Man. I'm like, damn. Uh, you know, I mean, like George doesn't have it bad. He lives in L.A., but still, it's it'd be hard to leave here, man. I would, I. Man, and he didn't leave here for L.A. Remember, he left here for, for Connecticut. Ooh, you can say the same thing about me, dude. Yeah, well, well, you left here for Charlotte, which I guess, yeah, that's, that's pretty tough. But I'm from Connecticut, too, a, so, like, I hit both of those. those I checked both Tom, of those. Tom, had, Tom used to live in a really nice place, uh, Gina. I don't know. Did we introduce Gina? We didn't introduce Gina. I wasn't going <laughs> to talk until you did, but you said my name. I just thought, I just thought about I was like, I forgot we were doing a podcast. I was, <laughs> I was just, hey, Gina, yo, Tom used to live in his shit. Used to be nice, man. <laughs> just three friends hanging out on a Zoom. I mean, yeah. where are you at? A1A Beachfront Avenue? Vanilla ice. Nobody Girls were hot wearing less than bikinis. All right, sorry, I, sorry. I know the entire. I was my eighth eighth grade talent show as I wrapped vanilla ice, which is not a much oh, of a talent right. at all. No, that is. A t- I did. I feel like I did the same thing, and you know, had it on not repeat, but you know, on the cassette, you had to rewind and just play, rewind and just play. Like sometimes you had to wind it with your finger. Like you know, I was all day on vanilla ice. That voice you're hearing is Gina Paradis. So she is. um one of my favorite people on the planet. She was always on set at the jump on ESPN, uh, working behind the scenes. And now she's very much in front of the scenes. She is the host of the uh, betting Academy podcast with Kendrick Perkins. You might know him uh, where you are on what the extra points pod network. And you're also the business manager for Steven Jackson, who has been on, I don't know if he's been on the Haber show, but he has very much been a part of our orbit, a uh, good friend of the program. So uh, Gina, welcome to, um, welcome to the Haber show. 
Thank you for having me. The Haber Show is an amazing place to be. I'm so happy to be here. These are my friends. You guys are my guys. Hey, the, the, most, uh, the most connected person in sports. Maybe even beyond sports. I mean, sports probably limited too much. You are very connected, Gina. Everyone knows know, Gina. Man. You make me sound like mafia. Like, that's cool. I, I, mean, my, I don't know how is, you're connected. <laughs> Par- Par- Paradiso, I guess it's probably in the cards. <laughs> Yo, but when I was little, though, I used to actually, because we're Italian, we're Sicilian, so like, you know, every we all have, we're Catholic, right? Or, you know, we have godfathers yeah. and godparents. And um, my dad's godfather's name was John Donati. And um, I legit thought he was the godfather, not my dad's godfather, but yeah. the godfather, because it was right around the time, you know, the first or second godfather was out and I wasn't allowed to watch it. So it was like, you know, this thing that I had to sneak away to do. And I was convinced, man, I, I would tell people at school, like, man, if you mess with me, I'm just going to call the godfather. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not a good threat for like an eight year old, yeah. but. No, I'm like, what kids even know about organized crime enough to be afraid of the godfather? Me and I'm not even, I'm not even from New Jersey. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, how did, how did you get your start in the NBA, like talent booking or talent agent, um, all that space? Like, how'd you get into that? Yeah, I'm glad you said talent booking because like the word booker, like people just don't use it anymore. And I, I vibe with it. I, I think it's a great explainer. You know what I mean? Like producers, not like what the hell does that mean? What do you do? What does a producer do? But like a booker, like you can sort of, right. And like, what is, there's a thousand ways to do that. And what does that actually mean? Um, so I got my start because I, so I was, I was uh, bartending downtown LA and this is like, oh, two, oh, three, oh, four, right? Like downtown LA was just like still nasty and, and skid rowish and Staples Center was there, but LA Live was, I think, just being built and, and the ESPN production facility was starting to get its, get its um, foundation set. Fox Sports was downtown. So I bartended at the Standard, which the Standard is a hotel oh. and, and bar rooftop where you guys have been there. I'm oh, sure yeah. you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was the, the only thing to do downtown, you know, CD LA. Um, so I just made so much money. And, it, it, you know, it was, it was hard to, like, want to start a career at that point because I'm fresh out of college making so much cash that, it, you know what I mean, it, it's, it's just really sexy. So, but, I'm, but strategically, that's where all the sports journalists, pundits, writers, reporters, honor talent, and such as yourself were at that time. And I knew who they were. I, I knew all the cogs, man. I knew everybody. And as they came into my bar, man, they were getting free drinks. I had a comp tab. I had like, you know, the, the pretty waitresses and hostesses and the little mini skirts, like, yo, go take care of them. It, it was before we had like sparklers like they do in, yeah. Avenue, at, in New York. But um, so I, I targeted um, the Mant brothers, Michael and Neil Mant. They, at the time, produced for ESPN. They did the Jim Rome's Burning Show down in, I think, like Westminster, right? And I was like, dude, I make all this money. I could intern, I could do an unpaid internship, no problem, because I don't need the cash from this, but I just want like the, the reps. So I got myself aligned with them. Um, and I knew, and, and in doing so, I knew exactly who their sister was, Maura Mance. She was at the time the, the um, highest ranking executive at ESPN, female, female, female uh, ranking executive at ESPN. And I wanted to work for her desperately. So I just would always like, you know, nail down with, with Neil, especially. And I told him literally, uh, Neil, if your sister ever needs someone to, to wipe her ass, like I'm, I'm that girl. <laughs> um, and one day I got out, out of, done, you know, off my shift. It was like four in the morning. You always go home. You, you, back then we had the desktops, you know, you, with, the, with the dial up. And, <laughs> and um, I, checked, I got an email and, and it, was, it was Neil. And he was like, yo, Maura's looking for like a, like a talent coordinator. Do you have to move to New York? 
Um, but she's going to be at the Four Seasons on Doheny, uh, you know, this weekend. Uh, and the rest is history. I got the job and a month later sold all my shit. And I was on a plane Halloween of 2007 to, to New York. And um, I, I, I worked for Mora. That was how I got my start. I, you know, got to like face talent and, and sort of have this like glamorous experience right out of the gate, working, working with some of the best talent, the coolest talent producing and booking the ESPYs. We did a, a show with or a, a live event with Connor Shell and those guys at the time at ESPN, like 30 for 30 original content. We had a Sundance event. So I got to face talent and, and just have the worlds of celebrities at, at Sundance and sports. Yeah, like talent, when you say talent, for those who are listening, that's like celebrities. That's like, ta- that's like people front facing people on camera. It's supposed famous, to be people on camera. Famous right? people. Yeah. yeah. Not civilians, but famous like yourselves, famous people. Yeah. You, no, 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 you guys are talent. You guys are talent. You guys are on air talent. That's that's talent. Like yes. I, Will Smith is talent, but so is Amin Al Hat. You guys are talent. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, that's as you can see, talent is a very wide, a wide spectrum from Amin all the way up to Will Smith. And <laughs> yeah, but so are between. but so are sports. Like there's LeBron. And then there's like Myers Leonard. Oh, too soon. Ooh, uh, wow. We will get into that. Um, but I still, Yo, I'm still, po- I'm still into this. Dumb. What's that? You know, it's funny. I've known Gina for like six, seven years, right? We've known each other a while. That's the first time I ever, I never, I never, I never even thought about your origin story. I yeah. just assumed like you, you just always been doing it. I didn't know you were. Well, if you're already working at a as a bartender at the Standard in LA, like you're already schmoozing and being around and comfortable around celebrities, right? Like that. If you're gonna look for work experience, like that is the work experience, right? Right. Yeah, and and I mean, and 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 that's another story for another time. But the strategy when I was in college, getting myself a bartending job as I was in college and playing basketball, like I I knew like if I can just get some bartending experience up here in the Bay while I'm still in school. When I get down to LA, I'm going to be able to get a bartending job. And that will lead me to this like, you know, celebrity entertainment sports world in Los Angeles that mm. I, that I seek. So it was all, it was all a strategy, but also just luck, dude. You know what I mean? Like right place, right time. Like got to have that too. Humble G. Um, so what, why is the SBs no longer the same stature as it used? Like, can you give me some stories of, of being in the SBs and just how crazy that experience was? Yeah. Again, I just want to point out, like, Gina used to book the ESPYs. Like, every person you see there, like, oh, uh, Will Ferrell and Drake are going to, like, that's Gina who's hooking all that up, who's getting these people, who's who's acquiring these 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 people's services. So, uh, like, I, I just wanted to put that in the proper context before you answer the question, Gina, for people to understand exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Remember when... um. Paul Rudd played LeBron James in The Decision, and Steve Carell yeah. played played uh, Jim Gray. Jim Gray, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We had a lot of fun, man. Like, so my first ESPYS was was technically LeBron and Jimmy Kimmel, and then you know my my but my first like real legit ESPYS was Timberlake, and then my last ESPYS was Drake, and I thought that was just the perfect way to go out. But you know, eight years, yeah. I mean, the ESPYS used to be this thing. I mean, also maybe pre social media. Uh, I think, you know, 2010, like Twitter, now you have all these social asks and so many layered asks that you have to ask of these athletes and celebrities and entertainers and musicians and politicians coming to the ESPYs. It just got to be too much. Like, I think that's honestly one of the, one of the downfalls. Uh, I think money, right? Like recession, like, I don't know, the the former administration, like economics, like, 
brands, you know, started looking, and even with Sundance, you know, and the film festival and the way we used to activate there, and even the way used to, even the way ESPN used to just activate across the board at all these events, you know, ESPN hasn't done an all-star party in years, and they used to. Um, so, like, it just became, like, brands started to look at the ROI, I think, and go, I'm paying a million dollars. What am I actually getting in return? And then, of course, of course, I'd be remiss to say that the ESPYs will never be the same without Maura Mant, you know, my former boss and mentor who passed away a year ago. Um, it's hard. Like, she was the person who, the, the best booker in the world, the, the person who taught me everything I know, you know, what to do right and also like what, what not What to makes do. a great booker? Like, how did you, like, being her understudy, like, how yeah. did that teach you how to, like, what does it take? Well, the first thing it takes is is just, you know, a, a good teacher, right? Like, so she told me th- something that I'll, uh, that'll stick with me forever. It was actually uh, a year we were at Sundance with Reggie Bush and Kim Kardashian when they used to be a couple. A lot of people maybe oh, are, yeah. d- don't remember that, but <laughs> they, they could be a couple once again. I hear Kim K's on the market, but um, Reggie uh, was still answering questions at that time about the Heisman and like the shit that went down at USC. And I remember being with an ESPN publicist who had to go with Kim to, to do some media. And that was like just an important point of emphasis, stay with Kim K, right? So I was with Reggie. And I remember um, a writer, a sports writer was, was interviewing him. Like we were in like a parking garage, man. And he's asking him with his little, you know, uh, audio device about the Heisman and about USC. I didn't think anything of it. Like Reggie's a, a grown ass man and he could, he could answer the questions. And also I'm not his publicist. Um, and that night Maura just laid into me. She was like, you should have stepped in and not let Reggie answer that question. You should have called me, you should have this, you should have that. And I felt like shit, but I also, the lesson was, and she said to me, you don't work for ESPN. You don't work for me. You work for Reggie Bush. You work for Kim Kardashian. You work for Aaron Rodgers. You work for Terrell Owens. All these are all guys that we had at Sundance. You work for Justin Timberlake or Drake or whoever was hosting the ESPYs. You know, you don't, your job is to serve them. Your job is Mm. to your job really is to protect them. Um, and it's something that always stuck with me. And I think that's why it's one of the secrets of the trade that a lot of people maybe aren't willing to do. Maybe they're micromanaged, you know, ESPN at least for all their flaws, like didn't micromanage me and kind of didn't want to know where the bodies were buried. So they always just sort of let me do what I needed to do to get the job done. And that's important. You know what I mean? You have to have that, that, that leash, but also understand that like uh, my job is to protect LeBron James and Steph Curry and and Tom Brady or whatever it is, Serena Williams, like my job really isn't to serve Sports Center. I mean, ultimately they pay my my bills and, and sign my check. But if I remember always to serve the athlete and protect the athlete, the athletes are going to trust me. They're going to do things for me when maybe they normally wouldn't want to. Their agents are going to take my calls, so on and so forth. So that's that's really the key to booking. I think it's a hard thing to do, but gotta do it. Gotta try. G, do you? Um... Do you find that over time you don't have to go through kind of the layers to get these people? Or is that, is that always a constant? I mean, as a courtesy, as like my own personal brand of integrity, I always want to do it the right way. Sure. At this point, 15 years later, I can text and call most of these players personally. If it's a money deal, I won't do that. If it's an equity deal, I'll, I'll run it by them first. And then of course, pitch their agent money deal. Like, Look, it's it's money. You're gonna have. There's gonna be a lawyer in there somewhere. Right. So you got to go through the agent at some point. If it's something that I know is like a light lift, like booking them for a podcast or something, I will. But I always ask the athlete, like, look, this could get annoying scheduling. You're busy, like, and sometimes you don't know your own schedule. I'm happy to to route in your agent or your manager or your publicist or whoever. Right. 
but yeah, I mean, certainly it's just, it's always a level of what's the right thing to do. Like, for example, like in season, Steph Curry, I'm always going to call Ray Ritter. I'm, I'm just not going to go any other way because it's a courtesy. It's, it's an integrity right. thing. And you know, he's going to try to get it done for you. And if there's anyone who can do it, it's him. So, you know, you just got to look at some of those things. And what, what it means trying to do is to try to get you to get LeBron on the show right now. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if we want LeBron on this show. <laughs> like, uh, the, not, not the right fit. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Gee, you can't like, like too, openly... too big of an ego. <laughs> yeah. Gee, you oh, me, or, me or LeBron? <laughs> I, undecided. You answer that. <laughs> hey, G, I've noticed that on Twitter, you're like, um, I didn't know how big of a Steph fan you were. and She's from like, the Bay. God, man, like that Dude, was those, those finals. What do you think we were doing every every year? We go, uh, between her and Amina, oh. you know, Amina, who's who also is from the Bay, man. It was like it was. We got lucky those years. Time. I mean, yeah, going to no, going to Cleveland good. four years in a row, but just having the opportunity to be in the Bay four years in a row, and for me, watch you know my favorite team. I yeah, I, I love Steph, Tom. I um, I grew up never liking the Lakers. I was in the Bay. I wouldn't say I grew up a Warriors fan. My family sort of split in football, Niners, Raiders. I'm a Niners fan, but my brother and, and the boys in the family are all Raiders fans. And so I root for them too in the AFC. I'm a Giants fan. Barry Bonds, my favorite baseball player of all time. But, you know, the Ricky Henderson days, Conseco, well, I actually it was fun. The, the Battle of the Bay, the earthquake, right, of 89. Um, I, um, in basketball, it's tough, right? Like the Warriors were Oakland. Um, the Kings were really good when I was growing up and always had these amazing battles. And I loved C Webb and, and Jay, Will, Jason Williams, um, Paja and like teams like that. So I was always a Kings fan. And then they would, you know, the heartbreaking losses to the Lakers. And of course, Robert Ori, there was a time though, when obviously run TMC and, and of course we like, once we believe in our, our guy stack and Baron and Monte and, and, and Matt and Jay Rich, like once that shit happened and they took down the Mavs, that whole year, I remember, I'm a Warriors fan. I'm never going back. Um, so, But it was just like, in the Bay, it's kind of hard because you do have Sacramento there. And then you had Golden State, which is which was heavy Oakland at the time. And obviously now they're in San Francisco. I imagine for, you know, kids from the South Bay now, which is where I'm from, San Jose Cupertino, they're probably they're probably Warriors fans 100%. And also the Kings are so garbage. Right. But um, yeah, that was, you know, so Steph is my favorite player in the whole world. I think he just, you know, LeBron talks about Devin Booker being the most disrespected guy in the league, not even close to how disrespected Steph Curry is in the league. But I think LeBron meant to say like, yeah, that, that doesn't even need to be stated. We already know that, but of the new guys, uh, mm. Dev Booker's that guy, but that's my favorite player. How, how, you know, what's there, what's not to like, you know, do you know what, what, what I mean? What? No, what am I? I look, I'm not, look, this is, <laughs> This is who she is, man. Like I've known Gina like I said, for a long time, and I've seen all of these debates up close. Like she gets so fiercely territorial about the Warriors, about Steph. Like it, it's man, I can't. I'm trying to remember what the conversation was, but like you got legit upset. We, so uh, to paint a picture in the ESPN LA offices, mm -hmm. the fourth floor is where the main studios are. But also, that's where kind of the desk space for uh, both talent and, like, the talent office people. So 
my desk was up there and Rachel's desk is up there and, and no cubicle, you know, cubicle. Cub- oh, excuse me, cubicle. That's right. That was a big that was yeah. a big deal when I when you I took, took Beatles. Beatles. Wait, yeah. you you had a desk? You had a cubicle, I mean? Oh man, that was yeah. just, just the yeah. heyday. What's going on? Like the fact that Amin Wag. had a cubicle. Come the on. The heyday. The well, heyday, he's, Tom. He stole Michelle Beatles because yeah. she, you know, she left and Amin was like dibs and like nobody said otherwise. So we were just like, roll with it, dude, roll with it. <laughs> I just started moving my stuff in there before she'd even you squatted. Out. You squatted at her desk. Oh, absolutely. We absolutely. made a makeshift placard. They didn't even hook him up with a placard. Yeah. Uh, and Michelle, Michelle, Michelle left me a, first of all, a, a kind of notice that she was going to come back and, and kick all my shit out. But also she left on the last episode of Sports Nation. They got her a bust of her made out of cheese. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this, but Michelle took the bust and hid it in the oh. desk. Yeah. The I idea her. was that it would go. Oh, so it was you, you fucking asshole. Okay. It was Carlton and I. It was Carlton and I. So, <laughs> of course, the two biggest assholes on the fourth floor. So the idea was that, like, in a day or two, it would start to smell. And then I'd, you know, I'd make a fuss and then ha, ha, ha. Good luck. But I didn't know because I don't, the way it was put in there and the way it was closed, it was kind of airtight. So I never smelled anything. So like a month goes by or maybe more. And Michelle like, hey, what, whatever happened to the, the thing? I'm like, what are you talking about? So they left you a thing like they didn't leave anything. And so I go and I open the drawers. Row one, nothing. Door two, there are three opens. And it's literally like a bomb went off. Mold. Just, yes. It, uh. it was it was it was originally cheddar and it was green. It was like a dark green by the time I, I found it. And these but that was the but that was the formaldehyde. Like I feel like they preserved that shit so well. Like it was, and it, yeah, it took forever. Carlton and I would go check on it and just be like, "Yo, when, when?" <laughs> I think Carlton, Carlton even moved it. Like it's just to make it like more, I don't know, pungent for you. But like, damn, I was like, this guy's got a nose of fucking steel. Yeah, no, it, it's funny, but but that fourth floor, man, like. Tom, this was the heyday of all heydays, right? Like, I had a desk. I had a cubicle. That's the number one heyday right there. Um, and then right where Gina sat was Gina and then Keir, Keir Knight, who now works for uh, MSNBC, Carlton Gillespie, and then who was the fourth? Carlton, who now works for Crooked Media. on uh, Yeah, Carlton works for Crooked, uh, yeah. Jason and Renee's new pod. And then who's the Snowden. fourth? Snowden. Snowden. There you go. Stephanie Snowden. Who works for Overwatch? I want to say Blizzard. Right? Blizzard. Blizzard. Yeah, Blizzard. Right. And literally, after the show would be done, which was one thirty, two o'clock, whatever, it was just debate time, and we had a whiteboard. It's a big whiteboard, yeah, and we would yeah. put like poll questions on the whiteboard, oh. and like all types of uh, just ridiculous statements we write. Because Kier once a day would just say something that's so off the wall, we just write those quotes to man that. That that to me that was I could say real easy. That was the best time at ESPN. Andrew Han, yeah. the the Han would stroll up. Uh, Shouts to the yeah. sidecast right there. Just, we were in a clo- yeah. we did a live show and a closet with Rachel. Yeah, yeah. And the clo- the closet is literally right outside the place where I'm talking about yeah. where yeah. where yeah. everyone sat. I just always am thankful for for G because she um, one day when we were doing the jump, she's like, "Hey Tom, Stro." Uh, you know who you're doing the show with today? And I was like, Rachel. And she's like, yeah, but um, also Kareem. And I was like, Kareem who? And she's like, Kareem, Kareem White? I was like, in my head, I'm like, Rush? 
Like who, <laughs> who, who are we doing? It can't be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but sure enough, it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I'm like, wait, I'm going to do a show today with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And you're like, yeah, yeah, go, go say what's up to him. He's in a, he's in the green room right now. And as I'm walking over there, you like hit me. Um, you tap me on the shoulder. You're like, Oh, but uh, just be careful. He might be meditating right now. And I was like, wait a minute. So the green room that we're, that you're talking about is like a, a shoebox. It's tiny. Yeah. And I it's opened, not big. Yeah. I yeah. opened the door and there is Kareem all like feet out lounging and just eyes closed. And I'm so glad you mentioned it to me. Cause I was like, I like <laughs> slowly opened the door and I was like, Nope, going to close that right now. And I remember being like, Kareem like does meditation before a jump hit and it was just it was it was beyond me it was like one of the weirdest coolest things in the world was to like sit next to Kareem but you had like the the front the frame of mind to be like yo by the way he's gonna be doing some yoga some weird stuff in that room so just be careful well because yeah I I probably had walked into him at that point a number of times uh, while he was you know meditating or whatever and you you always want to let you know folks have their mindfulness shit if Someone, if my dog barks when I'm doing yoga or, or, or meditating, I'm pissed, you know, I'm pissed. You messed up, yeah. But, but Kareem, so like in that green room, right, it's Kareem in IRL. And then like on the mural behind him is, is like the oh, great Kareem, like Bill picture. Walton. Yeah. You yeah. Show, right? Or maybe it's like him and John Wooden. And then like Kareem always was like, I'm like, sir, what can I get for you? You know, and I already knew what he was going to say, but I just like to ask him every time. Because like every, everybody had their thing. Like Scotty Pippen specifically likes his coffee a certain way. But Kareem was like, Yo, honey, just a, a Sprite, no ice. Every time, man, like Sprite. We don't even have, like, I would just make sure I had Sprite lined just up for the guy. Uh, I can't do Sprite. Sprite with no ice. It has yeah. to have ice. Like, I think it tastes worse in a can. Yeah, it doesn't bubble as much. Kareem was just like, no, I wanted it, like, room wow. temperature. Yeah, I get it, wow. man. Like, yeah, just, like, the, the funny little uh, particular things about all these guys that, like, we know because we got to just, like, be in a green room with them. Most people will never have that opportunity. Gee, who's the the toughest person in the book that you've ever actually successfully booked? Oh, I, well, I was going to say, uh, the person that I've never been able to freaking book who is the the GOAT who I just constantly try to book is Diana Taurasi. Um, really? Wow, yeah, that's, I've, I've that's never, the white whale of just like you can't, you can't reel her yeah, in? And I and I, like people confuse me for her all the time. So I feel like we're bonded. Like she, not, she doesn't know it, but... Like, to the point where, like, dude, I'm on a plane flying, like, of course, Delta, right? Yeah. I mean, first class. And hey. and I, I get the high bun. And, I mean, I'm 5'9". Like, Tarasi, first of all, I outweigh her by 20-plus pounds. <laughs> she's taller than me. She's more muscular. She's just, you know, more amazing. Maybe we have, like, the same nose. or both Italian or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and and I always would get, you play basketball, don't you? And what happened when I would, like, check in at the gym or on and planes. And, you know, the, the worst part is you do play basketball, though. <laughs> I did. I mean, I'm retired now, but that's the thing. I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, but not in the way you think. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd be like, I did, but I am not her. And they're like, Oh, one time I was gonna say I was flying and the, the Mercury were playing. I was watching the game on the flight and the flight attendants were absolutely convinced I was Diana Trossi. I'm like, come to my, come over here to my, she's playing. Look at my screen. She's right here. She's, she's putting up like 30 on like on the, the sparks. Like, come on, dude. So yeah. But anyway, Diana Trossi, I've never been able to get, to say yes to something that I've asked her to do in, you know, 10 plus years. Is it a scheduling thing? It just doesn't work out? Or is it like, I don't feel like doing this? Well, should I, 
Well, it's not, it doesn't it doesn't make her a bad person. You don't no, no, do no. It. <laughs> doesn't make her a bad person. I'm just saying how much shit should I talk about her representation? But I won't. Oh. Um, but, no, 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 no. She has she has she has some great people around her. Yeah, it's always like a scheduling. But Diana is is selective. She's the greatest, you know, greatest one of the greatest basketball players of all time. So just like LeBron or Michael Jordan or Kareem, right. like you get to choose what you will and won't do. And you're not going to do everything. And you're not going to do a lot. So I, right. I, almost, I almost had to treat D like I, like I treat LeBron. I've got one ask of LeBron a year, like a season, if that, right. And it's got to be the right, right one. It's got to be the, the perfect one. So you don't want to waste it on some bullshit. Right. Um, right. But the hardest person I've ever booked, the, the hardest person I've ever actually booked was Tom Successfully Brady. Successfully booked. Yeah. Tom okay, Brady. Yeah. And like, like Serena's hard, right? And Serena's done SBs. So, but Tom, by the time I got to to the SBs, which was 07, I don't know that Tom ever came to another SBs in my tenure from mm. 07 to, to 14. But I got in my first year to do a pre-tape with Maurice Jones-Drew. And I called, you know, Steve what Dubin. Does that mean? And, uh, so like, like the decision, like how we pre-taped Paul Rudd and Steve Carell, uh, par- the parody of LeBron's yeah. decision, those are pre-taped. So they're things we pre-tape ahead of time that are perfectly packaged and edited for the show, yeah. for the, for the live show, right? They're on tape and ready to, ready to rock. So it was a pre-tape. I, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember saying to Mora and Jen Aiello and, and those, you know, OG bookers that I got to learn from early on, what, Tom would be perfect for this. So they all roll their eyes. They're like, yeah, Tom doesn't, he's not going to do shit. And I'm like, but all right I get it and I didn't know what a good ass was from a bad ass at that point I was so new but I was like but this seems like such an easy lift like it's taped we can go to him no one else needs to be there it's like five minutes and you know I convinced Jen and Mora to to ask him and they were like well you ask him it was your idea so I, I crafted this email to Dubin and then Jen and Mora got on the phone with him and he said they said yes and it was just like, holy shit. Like, did, you, did you even know? Did you even know at the time how hard what you had just done was? Or were you just like, see, you just asked. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, you just send an email, duh. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I knew I had a shot because it, I knew it made sense in my mind. And then I knew um, Jen and, and Maura would amplify it. And I knew I was getting to the decision maker. But I also, yeah, I didn't quite know exactly how hard it was. So I thought like, one for one out the gate, I'm, I'm going to be able to book everybody's son. And then, shoot, nope, ain't true. I still can't book Diana Taurasi. What's the hardest no you got? I mean, I get hard no's all the time. Just no, like, but, like, like, but it's like this one, it just kind of like, it knocked you back. Like, oh, I got a no on that? Oh, you mean like when you're expecting to get a yes? Yeah, yeah. It's when you asked me to be on your podcast, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think it's anytime you ask Clutch to do anything, right? I mean, like, they have their own fucking distribution media partner right. in Spring Hill Uninterrupted. So, like, you're asking to do content elsewhere, and they're just like, it's a pass. And it's like, dude, yeah. oh, it's such a good what? It's such a good idea for Anthony Davis or Ben Simmons. Like, well, Jordan Clarkson would be perfect for this. Draymond right. was made for him, and they're just like, so I think, you know, sometimes you just think the idea is so good. This is, it's going to be a yes, but it's not, mm. not always. So Gina, one of the things that you, you, I mean, me and Tom both benefited greatly by this <laughs> is that there's some people, some people who are talent bookers who just play the hits, right? I'm going to get Tracy McGrady and, you know, Derek Jeter or whatever. Scotty Pippen, right. Shout out T Mac. Shout out T Mac. Oh, oh, yeah. That's that's the that's the agency, right? Yeah, him and Jermaine's new agency, Jermaine O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to them. 
Um, but you you did a good job of mixing it in with either people like Tom and I, like that most people would not have known, but they know us now because of the opportunities that you gave us, but also players who are newly retired. So your co-host, our friend Kendrick Perkins, right? Yeah. Kendrick hadn't done any media stuff, really. And you you kind of like pegged him as, okay, that's a guy who's got, we should have him on. And now he's, you know, his, his star is Big blowing up all yeah. across all different platforms. What, how do you determine those things? Like what gives you a, a feel for like, oh yeah, Kendrick Perkins, he'd be really good or Tom Havis, or I should have him here. Um, I, you, you gotta, you gotta do your homework. You gotta watch a lot of shit, listen to a lot of shit. Like I, made sure I, I knew everything you guys did, your bios and saw tape on you and clips and things you had done previously. And you ask around, like I know enough people I can ask around and just get like honest to God opinions of people. Like good dude, bad dude, what do you think? You know, is this, what do you think about his his ability to to, to do television? Like, and then sort of just lo- like like luck too. But I think the strategy is is the, the want to, you know, like the follow-up. Like I'm Tom, you used to, you were like, gee, the jump is launching 2016. Like between me and Rachel, you were like, I'm hungry. I want to be on the show. I want to do the show. That meant a lot to us. We were a new show starting out and, you know, we weren't getting, you know, calls from a thousand people asking to, to be on the show. Same with the mean, like, you know, Wilds was like, and Wilds had the eye for you, right? And was just like, this guy is amazing. We got to get him on. Matter of fact, Wilds had the eye for Stack. Like, and once I, mm. and once Stat came, actually the first time Stat came and did, did TV, I didn't know that, that I was going to ask him to come back. I just thought like, let me, let me talk to everyone and, and read, you know, gauge the, the temperature here mm-hmm. and see what everyone thinks. Same with Perk. Like I thought when Perk came out, he, he, he did it, he retired. And then I was like, come out, do some, get, let's get you some touches. And he was like, hell yeah, G, let's do it. And then I thought he was really good. You know, he mumbled. And he, and his delivery is slow, Southern Texas, right? And so you don't you're not sure how people are going to respond to that. Um, and the feedback that I got both on him and Steven, and of course you guys right away let me know like take take this chance, do this, do this again, and bring him back. So and you don't always get that right away. Sometimes you got to stick with guys even when the market tells you maybe you shouldn't. Uh, yeah. For for example, Scotty Pippen, like everyone trashes Scotty and was like, he's no good on TV or this or that. He's one of the 50 greatest players of all time. And his voice is just like built for this shit. (laughs) Yo, I would listen to like audio books with that. Right. He could lull me to say like anything he says is going to make some sort of headline. Why not? Why not keep having him come back? He's only going to get better with reps. And that was Mm -hmm. one of the things, like, I think my thing was just like, what do we have to lose? We're a new show. We're a half hour time slot. We're, we're unproven. We have nothing to lose. Let's give guys reps and let's build our own stars. Let's 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 set up our own farm system here at ESPN, which they didn't have previously. So that was part who's, of it. Who's the biggest, uh, I guess, success against the protest? Right. So you want to book this person, and ESPN was like, oh, I don't know about him or whatever. And then it turned out this person was just it blew everybody away maybe whether it was initially or even after a couple of reps well i mean i think you look at guys like richard jefferson and kendrick perkins because they didn't look, want richard jefferson i would have thought he would have been instantly they would have known uh, not didn't uh, okay i won't say didn't want but you know how ESPN want, you know, can't get yeah. out of their own way like right. 
he's not a big enough star. He didn't like lead his team to its own championship. LeBron got him that chip or Kendrick. Ah, he was with the big three in Boston. It's, you know, you never got that feet, that, that pushback from a hall of famer like Tracy McGrady or six time or how how many rings does Pippen have? Six. Six. Yeah. Six, six, six time champ, you know, in Pippen and hall of famer, you don't get that kind of pushback, but sometimes, you know, like, you know, Mike Miller was an amazing analyst. He didn't, he didn't want to do it as for as long mm. as he should have, cause he took a job with Penny, but like Mike Miller had like the, gave me like thoughts of like a young Mike Greenberg. You know what I mean? Like he, mm. he had it. The, in, like what you're seeing JJ Redick do now as like a player pod guy, yeah, Mike, right. Miller, Mike Miller had that like, and he, and he, he chose another path, but there are a lot of guys that are good. I mean, if you look at Nate Burleson, ESPN didn't want him. Mm. I used to try to get him on sports nation all the time. I loved him. And they were like, mm, not a big enough star, not a pro bowl or not a champ or whatever. Right. The guy's like the and next. Uh, the biggest, the biggest thing for Emmanuel Acho. Emmanuel yeah. Acho is another one. ESPN let him go when they had the opportunity to keep him. So, you know, it just. <laughs> they let him go at like the worst time. God. Think about like, and in terms of any of, of all the people to sell, sell high on or whatever, sell low on. Yeah. Like Emmanuel Acho left ESPN and then instantly became like an Oprah like Dallas trading Steve Nash like right before like to the Suns like what is what is the they, equivalent there and the equivalent it would be like yeah Dr- Dallas drafting, drafting Trey Young over Luca making that trade on draft <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to convince but, us on this panel uh, Luca yeah. stands no um, Otto hey. used to ask me for parking validation and ESPN his his uh, route at ESPN that, that wasn't, you know, my, you know, business justification. I, they were like, you can't give him parking validation. He's not in your state. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like it's fucking Emmanuel. I'm going to give him parking validation and anything else he needs. You ass wipe. So, you know, come on. <laughs> Ridiculousness. Hey, it's Tom. I want to take a quick time out here to talk about the stereo app, the place where you can find Amin El Hassan and I every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. watching the NBA games and basically doing this podcast live, interacting with our audience. That's you. You can send us voice notes on the show, Haber Show Live on the stereo app in the app store, wherever you download apps on your phone. Join us. It's awesome. We do trivia. We did, I think, over 70 different questions last week. Um, it was great. Like, if you disagreed with us or a take we had or wanted to say something to Gina um, and you wanted to speak directly to us, that's the place to do it. The Stereo app, wherever you can download apps on your phone, go join us 9 p.m. on Wednesdays. No games this week, but Amin and I are still going to be there in the stereo app. You can follow me at Haberstro. That's H-A-B as in boy, E-R-S-T-R-O-H. And then go follow Amin at Darth Amin, D-A-R-T-H-A-M-I-N. So go follow us on the stereo app. Reach us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern and just hang with us. See you then. So the funny thing about Kendrick Perkins is I have written... He has the best lines, by the way. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to run out of these one-liners, but um, it's... If if you would put his brain inside of a bird's head, that bird would fly backwards. That's my favorite one. (laughs) That's my favorite one. Because I'm not even totally sure what it means, but I just love the way it sounds. If if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. I was like, man, I don't know how many people know what a fifth is, but like when you do, it just hits different. It's just like, man, that's impressive. Like his lines are unstoppable. And the thing about Perk is 
I've written columns about how he's the LVP in the NBA, the least mm-hmm. valuable player, because his stats were awful. He'd get the best playing time, and he'd get contracts, and the advanced stats would be like, he's garbage. But every coach, every GM, stand for this dude, and it was cr- – like, I, I had David Griffin, Griff, on the show once, and he was like, whatever – ESPN is paying Kendrick Perkins isn't going to be enough. Like mm-hmm. I, I want him in every single locker room that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. He is just the best guy. But and- Tom, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you who. So you always hear about guys like this, like, like that, right? Yeah. Steven, Steven Jackson was the one for me. Like I didn't know stack at all until I worked with him at ESPN. I knew people who play with him. Right. I knew Matt. I knew Jason Richardson. I knew, uh, you know, a bunch of guys, right? And everywhere he went, everyone said, that's the best teammate I've ever had, right? Rasheed Wallace, same thing. Yep. Everywhere, everyone said, that's the best teammate. And they like, say, you don't They know. say that kind of stuff about Rondo now, by the way. Rondo's yeah. Rondo. But although there was times when people didn't say that about Rondo, that's sure. the difference, is that sure. Steven Jackson phase of Rondo, I think. and Rasheed yeah. had like unanimous... Throughout their entire careers. And so you're, I'm working in the league and you hear these things, but you don't know people just saying that because they, they're bigging up their friends or they're trying to be nice or, or whatever. And then like, I, I were one day with Steven Jack. That first day I worked, I was like instantly, like, I get it. I get it. And now Stack used to talk about Kendrick all the time. Yeah. About Kendrick's like his little brother and this guy's the, just a good dude. Da, 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 da. And like, it's one of those things, okay. Yeah, I just figured, oh, that's his boy. So he's, he's saying nice things about him. And then I work with Kendrick, and the first day I work with Kendrick, I'm like, I get it. And, and so you're, you're you're right. There's a value to – I can't even imagine being – I mean, we're just doing media, and we're just talking shit. But if I were in the locker room, I would absolutely want one of those guys in there because I know they're about the right things in terms of keeping everybody together, keeping everybody feeling like a family – and then also kind of driving towards the right goals. Plus, like, your protector. Like, you know you're going to battle every night. You know who's got your back. Steven Jackson or Kendrick Perkins, like, like I'm going to war weaponless with, right. with them behind me. You know what I mean? Like, and, and Perk will tell the story. Like, Danny Ains did him so right when he traded him to Oklahoma City because he knew they were going to pay him. And that's mm-hmm. why he sent him there. Like, GMs don't have to do that for players. You guys know that better than anyone. And most of the times, they fucking don't. So the fact that Perk was even so well-liked on his way out of you know, winning a championship with the Celtics to, to get to go to Oklahoma City and make a, make a bag, like, that's such, that's, that shows, you know, the kind of character and, and the likability that he has. Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing uh, to hear him because I had heard so much about him in a locker room and his ability to, like, hold a room, and you're just hanging on every word that he says. And, yeah, he has hot takes, but, like, you need to have those hot takes to survive in this biz, like – Every time you ask him a question, he has an opinion. Like he has yeah. something he wants to say about this player or this team or this trade or whatever it is. And he's just, he, I feel like he's a star in this business. He doesn't waver. Like when you ask Perk a yes or no question, you get one or the other. Like you don't get a, well, you know what I mean? He doesn't like hang around on the fence at all. Like he is so decisive. That's one of the, the things early on as we were sort of casting out like a betting show 
that 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 you know drew us obviously I was already drawn to him and he's he's such a big you know sports better himself and has all this knowledge about like AAU players and like college football and like just like obscure teams and mid-majors and European like football and shit that like most of us don't know jack about like he's he's on point like he's done his homework I mean remember when we did the draft show the NBA draft show in where were we at Barclays Barclays yeah and, and Perk came through Perk was a fill-in someone I think stack it was gonna be someone else couldn't couldn't do it remember Perk came in and just blew us away with his knowledge of these young college players because, that we didn't know much about well, yeah because he but most people didn't no but but he he was better than me because he worked with all these kids yeah he had been he had been a, a volunteer coach at the combine right the, the combine and oh. also because because he's kind of involved year. in in AAU and stuff like that. Um, so he knew these guys and had like a scouting report on each one of the guys. And, and he was like, I, I don't think, I think because Perk A is funny and B has that voice, I think sometimes it gets really lost, like how much shit he knows. Like he knows a lot of shit, but yeah. like he'll, he'll give you the bird flying backwards and, and yeah. you know, and do it in that voice. I think that kind of sometimes while it's made him a star, it overshadows like how good he is at his job. People confuse the slow Southern draw for dumb. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, but people do that with Pippen and, you know, and many others like Charles Barkley kind of has that going on. But I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how smart I, I can't vouch for Charles's intelligence. I can vouch. And that's not a knock. I can vouch for Perk. Perk is fucking smart. Right. He knows his shit. He doesn't take a, a night off. He's watching sports yeah. at every level, even high school, AAU in Texas, which is really big. His son plays like he's in it. Yeah. Now, Perk's the best, man. I, like that. It's it always feels good when you see people that you know are good people being successful because yeah. we all know shit bags have risen to the top. And it's just like, why? Why that dude, man? Like, why do people keep looking the other way for all the stuff that they do, or whatever? So when you see someone like Perk, to me, that makes me super happy and, and, and like excited for his success and rooting it on. Perk was one of the first guys to, I don't, I'll never forget the episode. It was him and Chauncey Billups when Perk called out Kevin Durant on the jump. And Chauncey yeah. was like, Chauncey was like, man, I don't know if I would have done it this way that you did it, Perk, you know, big fella, but I respect what you're doing, but I, I just would have maybe had a private conversation. And Perk was like, oh, no. Like, no, we're going to have this conversation, yeah. like, li like, live on the Because Perk's, thing, Perk's yeah. thing was, like, he hit him privately, and he, and he wouldn't... Wouldn't respond. Like, they, wouldn't they, respond. They, they, they've been doing all that. Like, it was time yeah. to just, like, air it out. And sometimes that's a that's a good tactic, too. And it worked, fucking worked out well for him. You know what I mean? Like, who at ESPN didn't love that and give him a yeah. bag for that? So, you know. But and also his relationships are strong. He's LeBron's guy. He's Westbrook's guy. You know, and he, like he's but he's but he's also KD's guy. Like he he really is. And for for a long time they were each other's guy, and they still are. So they can have their falling outs. It's okay. They'll they'll get over it. Um, is there a player that wouldn't love playing with Stephen Curry? Because when I watch LeBron play with Steph, I'm just like. Yo, it must be so fun to play with this dude. Like, even LeBron is is like a ch a kid out there when he gets to play with Steph. And the antics that they had, I was like, man, I always hear about player beefs or or LeBron doesn't respect this player or that player to to the same level that he is. And I kind of had this sinking feeling that he's he had the same thing about Steph. Was like, he doesn't see him as a peer. But then, like over the past week with the All Star stuff, where he picks him, I think he was first or or 
right up there. Second, I think you picked Giannis second. first. Giannis yeah. first, and That's then right. Steph was his second pick. Yeah, Katie that was that was Kyrie. so cool to see. Like I, uh, I know as journalists, we're we're supposed to be like one step uh, away from that remove, but it was it was like, yo, Steph has that kind of pull with players. Even LeBron kind of just got sucked into it too. Well, I was wrong. Like I I said this to Perk on our pod. I said. Perk, like, there's no way, because Perk was like, yo, he's going to pick Steph first. And I was like, he's going to pick Luca, Because, like, Luca's like Switzerland. Like, he'll take no flack for picking Luca first. He's already publicly shouted him out on road trip and shout out, right? He said he would have made him his first signature sneaker uh, guy. And I was like, he's going to pick Luca, And and LeBron was like, no, he's going to take Steph first. And if Dame had been voted in, he would have taken Dame first. So he picks Giannis first. I thought, like, yeah, there's got to be some beef. LeBron and Steph battled it out those four years in Cleveland. They they took a couple off. You know, LeBron got one, but Steph got, what, you know, three off yeah. of him. But, like, the, the, the and Perk was like, no, LeBron doesn't hold grudges. And LeBron is, like, he doesn't hold grudges at all. It's not like a, like a Kyrie situation. I think that grudge goes the other way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, LeBron doesn't hold grudges. And he was, he was convinced. He's like, no, he's going to pick Steph. And, by the way, he was convinced that he would either take Dame first if he could have, if fans weren't stupid, or take Steph first because he's trying to recruit them to the Lakers. And I was mm. like, that's a, that's a whole other <laughs> no. thing. It gives you, you know what I mean? Like, right. you hear it and you're just like, what? Yeah, let's talk about that now. Unpack that, you know? But yeah, Steph is be- like, he's beloved. Like, how could, like I said, what's, what's not to love? The greatest shooter of all time. He has so much fun out there. He's play- he's, he plays with so much joy. He's the setup man. Like, look what Giannis did in last year's All Star Game because of Steph. And by the way, Giannis put up thirty whatever and was the MVP this year. LeBron having LeBron, if he would have played a whole game, probably gets MVP. But like, he didn't need to. He's out there having fun. I would have thought there's no way Dame and Steph could coexist on the same team. Oh but then God. I, but then I thought, oh my God, of course they can, because that because that beef is a fucking made up NBA Twitter yeah. hate beef. Like that's not yeah. real. Stefan, Stefan and Dame are, you know, it's time. And the other crazy thing is I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself, like, the whole time I was watching, I know Durant was Durant was out and obviously Embiid being out hurt too, but I was watching, I was like, how did y'all let these, like LeBron in his first five picks had like seven MVP trophies yeah. already yeah. between Steph, him, and Giannis. And I'm just like, you let this man draft this and you let this man take Dame and you let this man get home. Like, what were you doing? It was, it, 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 someone was saying, oh, but, but Durant's got a good team. I was like, yeah, it's a pretty good team. And so you look at the other team, you well, realize you're not playing the Kings this tonight. You're playing yeah. LeBron and, and these guys. And what, and, and what people failed to realize was KD on paper had a good team except for one thing. KD wasn't playing. So, like, yeah. <laughs> it's a good team on paper, but you're missing the best scorer and, and arguably the best player in the NBA – so, and, and maybe an MVP candidate if he doesn't get hurt. So, like, is it really that? And also, you know, KD's such a homer. I don't, I'm not mad at taking Kyrie second overall, but the fact that his, because since, since he had the first reserve pick, he, he knew he had to take James Harden when he should have taken Dame. And maybe that skews things a little bit, right? Like, Dame was maybe the difference in, in the game. So, you, know, you never know. But KD not playing, yeah, on paper, they look great, but they don't have Kevin Durant. But it hit the over, didn't it? It hit the over, and it and they covered. <laughs> LeBron covered. Team LeBron covered, obviously. So um, you talked about how ESPYs with the social media age. This is going to be a hell of a segue, by the way. Nice. Uh, ESPYs, the access to stars, um, 
is kind of eroded the walls. The social media has eroded the walls of the barriers that require, you know, the SBs to have just, you know, all of these people at once, you never get to see that. But now with social media, if you need access to Tom Brady or LeBron, you can just hit their IG. Now players are on um, these gaming streams, and I'm probably going to misspeak about what the actual terminology is, what Myers Leonard was on. But Myers Leonard today I think was he was playing on, Call, Call of Duty on he Twitch. He was playing maybe? Call of Duty, a live stream that he set up, that he tweeted out. Yeah. Um, it started going viral, a clip where he was using a, uh, a slur for Jewish people. I'm not going to say it here, but essentially it's one the that... K, it's the K-word. Yeah. It's something go. that, like, I think a lot of people have to look up because they didn't yeah, know it was a slur. And so it's like a deep cut. Like, this is it's not a, something such like... an old time. I'm, I'm actually, you know, mid, in the middle of this podcast, I've been texting with uh, a friend of mine who, a former player, uh, and he was just, he said the same thing. He said... His exact words were, hold on, it's, uh, that's such an old white man slur. <laughs> like, who who even talks like that anymore? That's like using the word colored. Like, it's just such a, it was such a weird, yeah. and for what, like, I, you know, the, but the worst part is, this isn't, and this is the thing that really blows my mind, it's happening more and more, is that these people aren't getting caught like, oh, there was a secret camera, or some right. fan had a cell phone out. The dude was streaming it on Twitch. And also, you, like, yeah, this ain't 2009. No. Like, you know you're on record right now. Like, you know you're on camera. This shit is live. There are it's no his stream. It's no his stream. stream. It was like, it wasn't like someone was bootlegging, like, uh, yeah. a, a, it was like his official stream. Yeah. He, yeah. Didn't get, and, and, he didn't get caught up. Bro, you did this to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then of course, the, the follow-up video is like, hold on, I'm getting a phone call. And he puts it on mute, and then he realizes he's talking to his wife, and he's like, no, no, "Oh, guys, not, not only, oh yeah, he muted his screen, yeah, because I was gonna say like, he, yeah, he, I think he walked out of the room. I would have." Yeah, he's uh, like, uh, "My he, wife is super pissed at me. I got, I gotta leave. I gotta, I gotta go." Yeah, and my, then my wife needs me. My wife needs me. I mean, my wife needs me. Shit. Myers Leonard, what did he just sign a two-year, twenty million in yeah. Miami? But that second year is, a, is an option, so it's an option. Yeah, I mean, like. And he's a, and you think he's a good kid. Like his wife, they're funny. They do funny videos on social. You, you think they're experts at social. They are like, they have absolutely like mastered the art of social and made it really work for them and, and have monetized it really well. So you just think like, bruh, you of all people know, I mean, unless he doesn't understand that word and its origin and what it means. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, if you don't, don't understand where would I, he have I'm heard making, it? I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying, like, I, 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 don't, I don't understand how he couldn't have. But you just you just have to question, like, how did that even, how is that even in your vocabulary? You don't even probably yeah. hear that word every day. You Gee, know? He was, he took a breath before he said it. Like, it yeah. wasn't like he was in a stream of consciousness, no pun intended, stream of consciousness, just like, blah, 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 blah. It was like that. And then he paused and then delivered it with a lot of energy, right? And sure. and so the reason yeah. why this And it was aggressive. A- it wasn't, you know what I mean? It was aggressive. It wasn't just like uh, subdued. It was very, like he put an emphasis on that word. Uh, he knew what it meant and what it was saying, but that's what I'm saying. Like, how is it even in your psyche to for that word to pop out, um, even, even maybe knowing that it shouldn't, unless you're using it? Because no one uses that word. Like to a means point, it's such an old timey word. So the other part of this 
that hits a particular chord is he stood up during the bubble, uh, during the anthem, and yeah. had written at length, he wrote an op-ed with Mark Spears of The Undefeated, um, explaining his position that for, for the reason why he is standing where everyone else is kneeling during um, the national anthem. Yeah. And he was just like, look, I come from a rural farming community. Uh, I wasn't raised around a, a lot of African-Americans, and I've been educated over the years on um, uh, bigotry and racism and all of that. But I come from a certain place where I have a lot of military friends that uh, and family, his brothers in the military. And, um, yeah. and it seemed sincere and it seemed like, look, I, this is just my values and it's not a reflection that I don't love everybody. And one of the tweets he had in January, I believe it was, was I stand for the men and women like my brother who has served this country. I stand against the violence and riots in DC. I stand in solidarity with my teammates and brothers, and I stand against bigotry, racism, and hate. So that's, I mean, the backdrop is also that too, which is he has already been in the public eye for not uh, kneeling with, with his teammates and guys like Udonis Haslam, et cetera, in that locker room have to speak up for him. I'm so tired of like, this wasn't my experience. Like exactly. You just absolutely defined what ignorance is and what selfishness is and what like walk a mile in someone else's shoes means. Like, and I'm also real tired of the military excuse. Drew, Drew Brees tried to use it to weasel out of his remarks earlier this year, or 2020. Um, I don't. It's my my family were, they were in the military too. I mean, all of our they got they used to get drafted. Of course, they were they went to war, right? Like if if you're of a certain age, like all of our families were probably military. That doesn't like give you any right, and that's not a good excuse for uh, thinking someone is disrespecting the flag when they're just like protesting police brutality or you know i don't care where you're from myers um i don't care what your life experience is like that's what empathy is and that's what you have to like educate yourself on look around you've been playing basketball long enough you don't you don't play basketball and, and like have the good fortune of only playing with white dudes for, for very long in your life at some point exactly. at some point especially when you get into like higher levels of elite basketball you're playing with with predominantly young black men and like they're your friends and like you can talk to them about their life experiences and you can dig in because you care, because you empathize, because you want to know more, because you want to be better, regardless of how you were raised. Like that's, ex- we're all battling how we were raised. And that's the whole point of like, of like what's happening as we're seeing it unfold here, you know, especially now, you know, March 8th, what was that yesterday? Derek Chauvin, his trial started, you know what I mean? Like, and like, we're not even talking about it as much anymore because, you know, but, but the, but the bottom line is dude, Meyer's like, yo, ask somebody, you got Jimmy Butler, you got UD, you got guys on your team that you could talk to. You didn't stand in solidarity with, you didn't, you didn't kneel in solidarity with them in the bubble. I thought that was shitty. So I have a problem with all of it. And, you know, today maybe we see a glimpse into the real Myers Leonard, unfortunately. Yeah, man, that's, it's just, it's, to me, it just, it's a shock. Like I'm a little shocked about the word choice. Like how do you even arrive at that place? Yeah. yeah like in a weird way, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to play uh slur Olympics, which one gets the gold, which one gets, but it's like, if he had dropped the N word, I would kind of been more like, yeah, kind of, I had a feeling or whatever. Exactly. To, I, te- to- I texted you. I was like, I'm, Actually, before I went into the video and clicked on it, I was shocked that was the word he used. That's the word, right? Yeah. I would have expected Myers Leonard to drop to drop the other one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, duh. yeah, 
it just it just it seems like such a reach man like the, like you said it's a deep cut slur tom yeah. right like this this one's way from the archives we got to reheat this one but it's a placeholder uh, but i think it it you know it's a placeholder for that other word that other word and you and you he talks about well, his life experience that that's the yeah. word that, that's the word he was trying not to say and so then this other word slipped out <laughs> You know? I mean, what happened to motherfucker? As a, like, oh, you like motherfuckers are really great word, guys. Just yeah, drop a motherfucker. You know, yeah, Isn't that a stand up bit. I feel like that's a stand up bit. Some just, bitch, like some bitch. Oh, this is some bitch right here. Like piece of some shit, bitch, like, piece of shit. I mean, there's so many curse words to kind of go through before you get to you get to that one. You know? Yeah. It's just it's just a weird one. He went to the vault, but th- that's the problem. There's the there's problem. <laughs> There's probably a vault, hey, and that's and that's the problem. Hey, I got I got him. I got him going, showing up to a bank, and you know they go to the safety deposit box, and he turns the key and he pulls out the box and opens it up. He's like, ah, yes. There it's it been is. a while <laughs> since he used this one. <laughs> under under lock and key. I forgot I had this one. Never oh. forget it's there. Yeah. In the vault, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like I'm not into um, giving like these these good, good intentioned white players a pass anymore dude i'm just not like I, you met well, you met what you said so deal with it apologize but i don't i don't have to like like you anymore beyond this yeah yeah i mean and, and the thing is someone like him it's easy to to get canceled when you're myers leonard bro i mean te- i get it 10 million dollars a lot of money but that second year ain't guaranteed and that's the kind of thing that like all right man no one's gonna touch you well, endorsements and all the stuff that him and his wife I mean, what, were doing endorsement, on social. Like, you mean the Twitch. Little, like, oh, I mean, he oh, makes money right, off that Twitch shit. Like, gaming, esports, like, he's a big a big cog in that world. So, that could jump. But look at game, esports, and, and gaming, streaming ha- has had its fair share. Ninja, don't forget what Ninja said, right? Like, the, yeah. the esports gaming world may have a diversity. Pro- they do have a diversity problem. There may also be some like underlying racism just in the sport. You know what I mean? Like it might just be one of those things, uh, and we're gonna see more of it. I don't know. I mean, you're in Miami right now. Um, I am. Brian Winhurst reporting on his podcast that ESPN was saying that he had heard from an NBA source that there were over 150 NBA players in Miami this weekend. I haven't seen any of them. Um, but I'm gonna over say this: over 150. The, like I get weather, it. It's Miami, but the weather has yeah. been trash. Hmm. trash it's been like 70 degrees and overcast and super windy um and I, I take that back i went to south beach on sunday and i was like it's it's pure chaos out there i mean just yeah but i mean it, 70 degrees overcast and windy doesn't matter when you're in live at 3 a.m like it oh, don't yeah. matter what the weather <laughs> Or or whatever. Ace, What's the temperature know. inside the fountain blue? K- yeah. KODs. It don't matter. <laughs> Good point. Um, don't matter. Touche. Don't matter. It also don't matter when you can just like order up uh, talent like you can DoorDash oh, yeah. and you got the suite at the <laughs> Door- fountain Door- blue or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so you haven't seen any players? You haven't been called into hanging out at any sort of uh, festivities? I mean. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't read, first of all, I haven't reached out to anybody. So for anyone to even know that I'm here other than the, the, you know, the people I work with, like, like Dan and, uh, I have reached out to Andrew Schultz. He's my buddy. He's out here too. And that's, but that's about it. Like, I'm not doing a, Hey, who's in Miami thing. I'm not doing any of that. Uh, and, and these guys are being smart and staying off the social. 
that's a, yes that's, that's big time. absolutely yeah absolutely and and like i said I, th- I don't know if we were recording yet in the beginning but it's miami as a whole i was really surprised right? because i'll give you a, a great example in phoenix you go to a restaurant and you say hey want a table for two and they'll say indoors or outdoors and i i like i'm like okay well, well how long is the wait and they said, well, indoors, it's 45 minutes to an hour. Hmm. And I'm like, wow. So outdoors is going to be like three hours or something. Well, how long is outdoors? Oh, we can seat you right now. I'm like, yeah, are you what? fucking kidding me? What? Like, people are like going 10 toes in. Like, oh, I want to be inside. And if you could cough in my mouth right before you let me order, that'd be great too. Right? <laughs> That's how crazy it is. Here, the emphasis on outdoor dining seems to be a lot stronger like every restaurant I've, I've seen as i walk by and the place that i've gone to eat we've sat outdoors comfortably and there's been a lot of seating and and not so much stuff inside um same thing with rooftops and all and, and it's it's crazy because the weather is great in phoenix i don't know why anyone would want even if there was no covid why would you want to sit inside with the weather's like this mm. but man it's, it's a different mentality well, there were a lot of people in Atlanta. I mean, low key, right? Like, I know Stack was like, uh, "Gee, you know, let me know if anyone's got anything that that that's bookable for All Star Weekend." And then, like a week ago, he was like, "Never mind, I'm we're bouncing." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel you." Um, and I'm, I was I was happy for that. That's a great great move by him. But yeah, I mean, like a lot of people were in Atlanta too. You know, like, and there and there literally was like nothing sanctioned you could do. You couldn't even go to the game. So. What are you doing? Go to Miami. So uh, speaking of Miami, Chris Bosch was named as a Naismith Memorial uh, Basketball Hall of Fame finalist. There's like a list That's of it. 13 people That's... on here. Wait, is this, does this mean they're in or is there another, you know how like they'd be having like, here are the people who are the candidates and then here are the, the Hall of Famers. Is this, this is the, them? This is finalists. So Rick Adelman. Uh, Chris Bosch, Lita Andrews, Michael Cooper, Yolanda Griffith, Tim Hardaway. Speaking of people who said uh, yeah. the wrong thing, and we'll see. Right. What if, my, well, by the way, but unlike unlike a lot of other people, Tim Hardaway a like really did the work yes, as far did. as like yep. ex, uh, doing the education and then speaking out on behalf of uh, obviously he said a gay slur. Oh, uh, was it a gay slur? He, he, I'm sorry, he didn't say a gay slur. He's he made homophobic comments. I think it was around uh, the time when Jer- Jason Collins uh, came out the closet, or was it Jason Collins or was it John Amici? I can't remember, but one of the two. He made he made some homophobic comments and uh, and and kind of like doubled down in the interview. I believe it was actually on Levitard show where he did that. Yeah. And as a result, lost all the employment and was a pariah and, a black, and got blackballed. But went through the kind of the education someone like that needs to go through and has been an advocate. Like, you know, if you're going to do something bad, like that's penance, right? He's really repented as opposed to people like Gino was saying earlier, who just say, Oh, my bad. I ain't mean it like that. Or I grew up in a, in a household or or some dumb shit like that. And then we just forget about it. Um, Like Tim Hardaway has tried to make it right. Right. He's like, he's willing to put in the work. So. Well, look at you. You think of a guy like, Gary Payton, right? Like, there were things out there. Fox dropped him. The NBA has, has re-embraced him and, and made him somewhat of an ambassador. He's, I think it was a, I think it was a domestic violence d- dispute or something. I, I don't know how it all ever 
worked itself out for Gary, but he's come a long way to try to just get that right and never have something like that happen again and uh, be on the right side of things moving forward and empower women and apologize and repent, right? Like, so... I, and I'm not saying he's he's fully there, but I'm just saying like some guys like Amina say like you you put in the work. Some guys don't give a fuck. Um, so Lauren Jackson's on there, Marquise Johnson, Paul Pierce, Coach Bill Russell. Not just player, he's already in, but Coach Bill Russell. I love that. I love the ideas. Like it's not good enough that he, for him as a player, we we want to get him in as a coach too. Has um, anyone ever gotten it? Who else has gotten in twice? Le- Lenny Lenny Wilkins. Lenny oh, Wilkins went in as a player and went in as a coach. Yeah. Uh, Marianne Stanley, Ben Wallace, Chris Weber, Jay Wright round out the list. Is Chris, Chris Bosch has got to be in, it? man. I, I know I'm a homer because I like I would covered Chris Bosch for several years, but like, man, that he's dude checks off every box. So he's got the he's box score stats. He's got the rings. He's got the defense. He's got the the story of it. Um, you know, dealing with the blood clots. It's it's a a tragic story of, of an NBA player in the middle of his prime. I just, I mean, on that list, who do you think is the most deserving on the list? I just gave. Well, wait, is, is our Bosch and Paul Pierce, this is first ballot. No, Paul, no, Paul, Paul, Paul's already in Paul's last year because they didn't, they didn't, they just, uh, they just, Uh Oh yeah, I was gonna say because Paul, yeah, Paul's a Hall of Famer. I don't think CB yeah. got in. Like yeah. I think he was a finalist no, last year. No, week. this this is his, so this no, is this his is first? his first time. Okay. And, first and, time and where's yeah. and where's Chauncey Billups on this list? Right? Didn't he get a nod last year? And yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So yeah, right. Chauncey what Chauncey was a finalist a couple years ago, okay. uh, but then but then didn't make it. Well, Paul Pierce no. is already in, so good job, Sports Center. Um, Chris Bosh, yeah. I oh feel no, like- no, I think oh I take that back. No, Paul, I thought Paul was in the in the Kobe and and Duncan. I guess no, he was. Aren't they doing that no, this, this September? Kobe, Duncan, and and May. Kate. They're doing it in May. They were supposed, they to, be were supposed last to go year, but they got postponed to this. Year. But they got postponed to May. No, I, I was wrong. Paul Pierce is one of the first time finalists. So Paul, I think Paul's a hundred percent in, and I yeah. think Chris Bosh is a hundred percent in. Um, I hope I hope Chris Weber, Ben Wallace. I I don't know. Probably tough for guys like that, but Chris Weber, you you got especially with his entire resume in college and in yes. the pros, you got to think at some point Chris Weber is going to get in, if not. Maybe not. If well, th- maybe not this year, but next, right? The, well, the, the whole thing with Weber, the the belief is someone the, the timeout, not the timeout. No, no, it's not that. It's the it's the it's the money getting paid to play, and someone in the Hall of Fame is like very college oriented, and they're fucking him over over that, like because he didn't, he never admitted to it. He never like when everyone else owned up and said they did it. Like after the fact, Chris Webber still yourself. won't do. Like, but I'm so just like, who cares? Yeah. That has nothing. Yeah. To, that has nothing to do with anything. And even if you took out his college experience, his NBA, he was one of the best power forwards of his era. Yep. He's absolutely a hall like of Barry famer. Barry Bonds is like not a, in the baseball. Is not in yeah. Cooperstown, which is the biggest joke. Like he might be like, the best Barry, of all time. But at right. least there is a there is a logical counter argument, which is Barry Bonds took stuff that made him a better player. Oh, don't get you. What a, yeah. I'm just, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying that's the, I'm not, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think he should be in there, but I'm saying if I'm playing devil's advocate, that's the argument they make. Well, I mean, but we don't, the Balco, the Balco stuff are still just accusations and still not confirmed what? and still not, not confessed to. I think the I'm better saying, argument, I'm, G, is that he was already a Hall of Famer before that sure, shit happened. Sure. Right? He was a but, Hall but, of Famer at- Pittsburgh Pirate, wasn't he? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not arguing he should be a Hall of Famer. I'm saying the people who argue against him being in the Hall of Fame, 
They say because he took stuff that made him better than what but, he actually but was, right? Who, did, who didn't? And all those no, no, no. But but but, G, but G, and curves and knuckles but, at him, they were juicy G, too. I'm just the messenger. I'm not. That's not defending that standpoint. I'm just saying that's I the endorse argument. Endorse you taking the mean down on this. I endorse it. But no. but like to me, what's the argument against Chris Webber? What did he do that yeah. made him better as a player? That, that gave him an advantage as a player. I mean, I well, I I thought with Chris Webber it was just likability. I just feel like he's just not universally liked by by his peers and of course by freaking NBA Twitter and, and everyone else. But I just thought maybe that could sway voters. Like if you just don't genuinely like a guy, are you gonna vote for him? Like I didn't like Donald Trump. I didn't vote for him. You know what I mean? Like fuck that guy. So yeah. I feel like I feel like maybe Chris Webber gets a little bit of that. I don't know. I don't I think it's 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 the Hall of Fame voters are a bunch of people. Many of them we don't know who they are. We don't know how they vote. I think many of them are old or old school or whatever, and they care about and bullshit. White. And probably and white. almost almost certainly. And they care about that bullshit. Yeah. And the reality is, like this dude should have been a Hall of Famer. Pete Rose should be a Hall of Famer. But again, Pete Rose, like, bet on games. Did he throw games? Did it, like Again, I can Different see crime. why. Yeah, yeah it's because it, it, we're talking about ultimately we, whatever. We, we bet on games now. Sportsbooks are legal in like twelve states. Well, like we we bet on games now. It's but, just but we yeah. but we well, can't bet on that for the Cincinnati yeah. Reds. The reason why, why I have, the reason why I have part of the, uh, one of the seven jobs I have is because like the Pete Rose role, like we're that we're seeing that start to shift in professional sports, and you know Floyd Mayweather can put money on himself right. in a boxing match, not against himself, but on himself. Can right. Steph Curry ever bet on a game, an NBA game, whether he's playing in it or not? They're, no, they're not probably not. To. It's, a, yeah. it's a team sport. But yeah. so could Serena bet on herself in a singles match? She should be able to. Could Michael mm. Phelps bet on himself in a in an individual race? He should be able to. Why not? Can Tiger put money on himself to win the Open? He should be able to. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think. I think the question is like team sport. <laughs> Pete Rose plays a team sport. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, I mean, but, like, the point is, all of those reasonings, at least they go to the heart of, is what we see on the field or on the court Real, authentic. an accurate, authentic competition, right? Or is there something else at play? Whether it's a drug, whether someone puts some money on it so they want the outcome to come a different way. With Chris Webber, it's like, what, what are y'all mad about? Right. Wait, what, are y'all mad, what are y'all mad about? What, yeah. Let's assume he got $10 million to play at Michigan. They didn't, he still got to go out there and play. Right. And it, it has nothing to do with the outcome, whether they won or lost or how many points or rebounds he had. And so the idea that they hold on to that is, is kind of dumb and archaic. Also, Seaweb, um, like, is not one of the 50 greatest players. Like, it's, like what, did, what did him taking something actually do for him in terms of, like, being one of the all-time greats, which he's it, not? It has nothing to do with his basketball. That's the point. Is it yeah. Nothing to do with his performance. Yeah, exactly. Like, why are you guys mad at Seaweb? You know what I mean? Like, be mad at – go accuse Michael Jordan or LeBron James of it. But, like, why are you mad at Seaweb? Before, no, before we dumb. go, G, I wanted to ask you, why is all the smoke so good? Meh. Because for the same reasons I mean uh, touched on earlier, people fuck with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, and like their peers respect them. They're great teammates. They're great protectors. They're loyal. They'll always have your back. They they played. They played. You know, they were they're they both largely journeymen, so they got a chance to play with a mm -hmm. lot of different people. And everyone they came in contact with is down with them because they're down for them. And they keep it real, and they don't bait and switch. They they want to have authentic conversations with with you, and they're not gonna um, 
trick you into saying something that's like salacious or controversial just for headlines or clickbait. They're just like authentic dudes, you know, and like, and they have trust and rapport and relationships. And I think that's everything. It's everything in, in what I do as a booker and, and have done my career. And it's everything with like, when, when you guys have people come on your podcast, they trust, they respect you, they trust you, they like you. You know what I mean? And so I feel like it's, it's largely the same with Steven and Matt. I don't know anybody who doesn't like them. And I will say, um, well, I mean, there's maybe like one, one person out there that we can all think of, but like, I will say that Steven and Matt, um, booking all the smoke is the easiest thing I've ever booked. I'm about to say, they probably hit you up to be on, right? Yeah. People are asking you, all can the time. I be on? And especially after iHeart, you know, Best Sports Podcast, they took down Bill Simmons and Colin Coward and, and Barstool and ESPN. Those are, for two black men to be able to do that in a, in a very white um, industry as, as podcasting is, you, they ha- they had to be great storytellers. They had to be loyalists. They had to have great relationships. Otherwise, it doesn't work. By the way, Gina, uh, real quick, I know we're we pushed up on time, but I just love the idea that Stack was a guy that we all knew was a star. Yeah. And we're telling the people we work with, have him on, put him on more, yeah. and they just don't get it. And so th- to me, there's a, a great joy in seeing Stack be recognized as being the star he is. When they, did, they had the chance, he was right there. They didn't know it. Yeah. And he always said it, not like it as a, it's not like a vendetta. He always said like, I'm going to win G. It might not be here at ESPN, but I'm going to win. You watch. And um, as I got front seat, front seat ticket to it. It's great. It's great to see him win. So where can we find all your shit now? Well, the betting Academy hoops edition, we're on Spotify under the money grab banner. We're, we're powered by FanDuel, but anywhere you get podcasts, anywhere you subscribe and listen to podcasts, you can find it or at Kendrick Perkins at Gina Paradiso at betting Academy across socials. Like, we're out there. You Perk makes picks every two times a week and like follow him. You know, he's, he's, he's better than 50%. You know, like, and for a sports better, that's incredible for a baseball player or a weather forecaster. That's unheard of. Like for a sports better, that's legit. I mean, enjoy Miami G. Thank you so much for, for joining the Haber show. We're going to get you back on here soon. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, I hope we can give each other a big hug next time we see each other, wherever, whenever that is. Yes, anytime. I love you guys. You're my guys, man. Day one. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Haber Show. If you want to do a live show with us, join us on the Stereo app. Me and Amin every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. We do this show live answering people's questions, playing some trivia, and just riffing on the games nights uh, every Wednesday night we'll watch the games. This week, of course, no games on because of the All-Star break, but we will still be there 9 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday night on the Stereo app, an interactive live podcast on this drop-in audio platform, Stereo. So download the Stereo app and listen to us, interact with us, ask us questions, make fun of us um, every week, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. See you then.